The following is a Tony Lozano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And now, Free Kicks. Free Kicks. With Illinois Youth Soccer Association's Director of Coaching, Adam Howarth and Rick Kemper. Hey, we're back for another episode of Free Kicks. Uh, we took last week off. Adam was uh, traveling, a traveling man, and uh, sounded like you were kept quite busy. What were you doing exactly? Yeah, busy last week. So working with U.S. Soccer and Illinois Youth Soccer, we actually hosted a sea, a national sea license up in Rockford. So Mark and myself were up there teaching the course. We had 23 candidates, and uh, that's a course. It's a five-day first meeting course, then they come back for another five days. So it's a pretty intensive course and uh, spend a lot of time just working with them, reflecting videoing their training sessions it's really it's really an all-encompassing course it's really kind of cool just to be around with around them 24 7 it was a lot of fun so when, when people see someone now has a uh, a c license especially if they've gotten it over the last say two years yeah it really means something now doesn't it yeah i mean it's it's a national coaching license as, as they all are right um we've changed the curriculum you know u.s soccer's done a fantastic job of changing the, the curriculum and kind of there's a definite progression of how you take a course within the grassroots all the way up to the a license so you can there's a lot of similar themes and ideas and thoughts that go into each of those courses and so you take a grassroots course, you're almost starting your journey all the way up to the A license because it's going to be a lot of the similar wording. But the thing the thing that's changed is as someone who has a license that is now completely worthless because you no longer <laughs> have the E license, but um, it used to be and, – and the E license was no picnic either. But, you know, uh, it used to be that you'd go in and you could do these courses and, and virtually anybody can do them. But it, right now it's set up in a way that these are professional coaches that are doing this. It's almost like going to a trade school. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a good way of putting it. I think certainly the – I mean that it's still – anybody can apply for the C all the way through. A and B – is an application-based process. So that's really for the true professionals. And certainly the C courses um, have a lot of coaches that maybe want to go on to their B and A. But then there's also some coaches within that course that maybe I'm at the top of the grassroots pinnacle. I want to be able to coach at that good level with maybe his kids or her kids, whatever it may be. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good in terms of the information – we had a lot of good feedback, and uh, you know we'll be coming back in uh, in uh, June to finish up. That's when they get tested. That's when it gets a little nerve wracking. But they got a lot of homework in between, which we help them with. So a lot of guidance. Well, that's just great. Uh, uh, so keep up the good work with the youth soccer. But let's find out what's happening on the pitch. Here we go. Premier League football. What's happening on the pitch? So we like uh, the Premier League. That's uh, that's the the uh, league that we follow most closely on this show. And what a uh, a title race we have on our hands here! Uh, one of the all time greats. And this is my. I'm ready to predict what's going to happen. This is not really <laughs> going on uh, ledge here, but um, I'm going to predict that Liverpool ends up being the best team in Premier League history to not win. Yeah. Yeah, 
I think that could happen. <laughs> that could happen. I mean, I think I think we mentioned it. I think you mentioned it in the notes here. I mean, they've won pretty much every game, losing one game. They lost one game, but and it was to Man City. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was a bit. It was a big loss. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough because they've they've had such a great season. Uh, they played extremely well, and they're still finding ways to win. Any other year, they would have walked away with the league, but yep. Man City's been with them right there, there and then. So it's uh, it's going to be uh, right down to the wire. I mean, it's still a chance. You've got two games left, but right. it's really Man City's to lose at this point. That's true. Um, I have my most solid jersey on right now because uh, I'm going into the city today to watch the Champions League game against Barcelona. That's at, right. Uh, there's a uh, there's a bar called AJ Hudson's. Have you ever been there? I have never been there, but I've heard many many things about it. So I have a business meeting right in that area, um, and you know, you know, <laughs> what am I going to do? Not go in? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. That should be fun. That'll be a lot of fun. You'll have to take some pictures. I'll be interested to see how that how that all turns out. Yes, I can't wait. Uh, so, but so, so some of the discussion going on now amongst uh, Man City and Liverpool fans is the Player of the Year awards, which uh, yeah. they all come out this time of year. And there's more than one. And maybe this is uh, an explain that foreign tradition, but uh, can you can you let us know how these awards work exactly? Yeah, so they actually have two awards. There's the PFA award, which is the Professional Football Association uh, award so that's the award given to the players voted by the players themselves okay and then you have the football writers award so uh anybody who's writing about football in england on a regular basis they will vote for their best player as well so they have the two awards okay so uh, van dyke won one of them virgil van dyke yes we- I, yes i believe he was the pfa player of i the believe year. that's correct and then and then and then and then uh and then uh, and then sterling won the uh football writers uh player of the year award so which is good because they won both each which is probably about right yeah yeah well so a- as we go into the uh into this weekend in the last couple of weeks of the season i just want you to know that liverpool would have won the league 33 of the last 37 <laughs> years with their current record now without the last two games that's how good their season is this year, and it's still possible they won't win it. In fact, it's likely they won't win it. So, Yeah. I mean, 28 wins out of 36 isn't a bad year. <laughs> it's not bad. I mean, it's crazy. So let's talk about the race for the top four, because to get in the Champions League, you got to be in the top four. And yeah. right now you've got, I'd say, a top three. I'm going to put mm. Tottenham in. Just, uh, uh, you know, they could choke it away, I suppose. Uh, yeah, but I don't think they're going to. So you really have three teams now uh, fighting for that fourth spot, and I, it looks to me, uh, from an outsider, a, a, a neutral, if you will, um, it looks to me like Chelsea has the best chance. Yeah, again, Chelsea's in in prime spot here. It's really up to them. They've got everything in their shoes here to to be able to win it, uh, to win that fourth spot. Uh, they're two points ahead, two games left. Um, you know the the results over the weekend really helped them. You know right. Arsenal Arsenal's dropping like crazy. <laughs> I can't believe and, it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then obviously the Manchester United draw was was a big one. Um, yeah. You know I think uh, you know especially with the way uh, 
the, the game went. Uh, right. You know, you know, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But yeah. you know, the, the the Chelsea Chelsea has it in their hands, and that's all you can ask as right. a team. If they win out, they're in, and that's the great thing. Of course, this is a team that has had many opportunities like this, uh, you know, during this season to to really claim a spot, and they haven't really grabbed for it, have they? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I, I you could probably say the same about all those teams. That's in those true. Positions. Yeah. You know, nobody's really wanting it. And you know, we talked about that before. Nobody wants this fourth place, and uh, that's been the been really the tough thing about it. And, and and to be fair, they've got a couple of tough games. I mean, yeah. Chelsea have got two probably tougher games coming up. They play Watford on Sunday, and then they've got Leicester City away. To yeah, those are up. tough. Those are both tough games. Yeah, so it's not going to be easy. Uh, but again, hopefully the motivation will get them. Both those other teams maybe not as motivated. Right. We'll find out. But Man U, if they had won that game, would have been in the driver's seat because their last two games are against uh, teams that are being relegated. Um, you know, if they lose either of those two games, you know, God bless you. You, you don't deserve to be in there anyway. But they had that game. They could have won that game, but their goalkeeper suddenly sucks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what is the deal with David De Gea, the former best goalkeeper in the world, is just having a terrible season? Yeah, he's had a rough time. I mean, since the Barcelona game where yeah. he kind of dropped that one in the Champions League. and then He was this bad one. in the World Cup last summer, too. And you're right. He, I think everything's come over from the World Cup. He struggled in the World Cup. Um, and then, again, Barcelona recently. And, you know, in the big games when you want your goalkeeper to do the right things and just stop the balls from going <laughs> in. Especially the ones know, that are right at you. Yeah, and he's really cost him, and and it's t- it's a tough one because he's arguably been their best player the last few years. Right. I mean, he's been definitely one of the top goalkeepers, and this is a bad time to be out of form. It really is, and, and uh, I feel bad for him. And it might be kind of a situation that you know they just got to sit down with him and just say, "Look, you've been fantastic. What, what are we going to do now? You know, yeah. what, what do you what do you want to do? You know, and uh, you know, it's you cost us this, and potentially they." If they don't make the Champions League, you know it's oh, it's going to be really, really difficult for Manchester United, and they're going to lose so much money. Well, I don't think especially. they're going to make the Champions League. I mean, I well, really, yeah, I don't think yeah. they are. Well, I mean, the only saving grace might be, you know, and this could happen. Uh, let's say Chelsea wins the uh, the the, league, the Europa League, then there's a, maybe a chance, uh, you know, that. If Chelsea drops, Man United can squeak into fourth. That might be a possibility, and then five teams get in. Yeah. So there's true. always that possibility. But um, yeah, it's it's really it's really Chelsea's. Chelsea has the the opportunity to, to to win out, and they could qualify twice by winning the Europa League potentially, as well as the uh, fourth spot. Okay, so that is the status of the top of the table. The bottom of the table looks pretty much uh, sealed at this point. So let's talk about. Uh, some of the things that could be happening for next season, and that is uh, a big star made an announcement this week that he absolutely wants to come to the Premier League. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so Cavani. So there's a little chatter out there uh, just with the potential of him maybe coming over 
the, the two suitors, the two clubs that are potentially interested, obviously Cavani's at PSG and probably getting a little bit bored. They win the league, you know, 10 games in, they've already won the league. Right. Um, uh, Man United and Chelsea are the two places that are potentially looking at trying to um, get him over. Uh, he's talked about wanting to come and play in the English Premier League. This yeah. is where he wants to be. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, he could be a great addition. He's definitely one of the top strikers in the world. Done everything I think he probably can achieve within uh, at PSG. Maybe just looking for a new challenge. Yeah, does Chelsea need a striker? I haven't been following. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they need a lot of things. They need a lot of help, right? So, I mean, we, I'll tell you what we do need is we need Hazard to stay. That's what we need. So. That's true. Well, that, imagine if it would be Hazard and Cavani up top. That would be that'd be pretty impressive. That wouldn't be a bad lineup, that's for sure. All right, so let's talk about just one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. And this was a game that happened, I guess, a week and a half ago. Yeah. Um, the Leeds versus Aston Villa game. Um, if you didn't see this, how would you even describe exactly how this happened? It's sheer, sheer craziness. It really was. Um I mean, and it happens in every game. A player goes down, he gets injured, um, and then there's there's this kind of unwritten rule right. uh, that the you know if a player goes down, uh, that they kick the ball out. But that doesn't always happen. There was an incentive put in, I think, last year by referees saying that uh, you know you can continue to play on dependent on the seriousness of. The injury. But because a lot know. of players, a lot, if let's be honest about this, a lot of players go down when they see the other team, you know, with a, with an opportunity. And then they say, well, you know, you should have kicked it out. But, you know, was the guy really injured? In this case, the guy was really injured. Yeah, exactly. And he was definitely injured. That's the biggest thing. Um, Nobody knows this, like you said, because of the faking that goes on. Right. You just you just don't know. You just don't know. So what ended up happening is they didn't kick it out. They went down. Aston Villa kind of stopped. And what ended up happening is Leeds end up scoring. Right. So then there's all kind of controversy on the sideline. And then to 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 credit you know Leeds and certainly their manager. Although doesn't speak, you know, any English. I think they was doing some interpreting on the <laughs> sideline, which was interesting. Basically, what happened was Leeds then allowed Aston Villa to basically walk down and score to tie the game up. Right. Uh, I thought so that was he, actually a classy move. Absolutely. Uh, I think for him to do that, it, it, it just stresses the sportsmanship. It stresses a little bit about him. I think he came out of it pretty well. Although at the very end, if you saw it, yeah. one of the leads, I don't know if one of the lead center backs got the memo. He almost yeah. tried to stop him from scoring. He was a little upset about it. I know. I know. <laughs> the whole thing was, I just, I've never seen anything quite like it. It was really interesting. And, and it's not an, uh, it's, it's not a small matter that those teams are, you know, fighting to move up yeah. to, to the Premier yeah. League. So, I mean, this is, there are millions of dollars potentially at stake. Or yeah, million, exactly. Millions of pounds, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, this this is a massive game. I mean, both teams are buying to qualify to get into the playoffs, and um, 
yeah, it, it was a massive, massive game. So for Bielsa to do this, and he's he's had a lot of, there's been a little bit of a controversy about him. He's supposedly sending out spies to different <laughs> training grounds <laughs> oh to, uh, to watch other teams train. So there's been a little bit of controversy around him. But, you know. He's Bill Belichick. Exactly, yeah. He's the Bill Belichick <laughs> of, the, of the championship there. But to, to credit to him, did the right thing. He's trying to play it down, which is probably the best thing that you can do right now. But yeah. It was absolute chaos there for those few minutes. Never seen anything like that before. I don't no. know if it's ever happened before, to be fair. And there uh, was a red card involved. I, I, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm without getting into all of that, I just want you to know that coming up in just a few minutes, we'll be doing a quiz about red cards. Let's see, oh, if, great. Let's see how you do on that. Yeah. Right. And, but I think, and that red card was rescinded, by the way. So oh, I didn't fact, know that. Yeah, so the red card was rescinded, and what ended up happening was the player that was supposedly, you know, punched. He kind of um, fabricated the, <laughs> the the hit a little bit. Not, not that this ever happens in, in football at all. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? But funny? it's like it's you could make a, you could literally make a soap opera about this the yeah. whole incident. I mean, that's how that's how crazy it was. But um, but yeah. Glad, glad it ended in a tie. Probably the best result. They move on, and now they can fight to see if they can still try and make it into the uh, into the into the Premier League next year. Okay, well, depending how that story ends, there may be a movie there. Uh, yes, and maybe we should buy the movie rights. <laughs> All right, it's uh, time to explain that foreign tradition. Here we go. Now, explain that foreign tradition, please. Not really a tradition. I, th this is kind of the part of the show where I, uh, I pay tribute to the the use of adjectives by our English announcer friends mm -hmm. um, because they seem to have gotten a bigger thesaurus than American announcers have, uh, and they use them quite well. And my new favorite word that is never used in any kind of American sporting activity and can be used in all, in all of them. It works in every sport, and that word is tidy. <laughs> tidy. It's a tidy finish. It's a tidy pass. It's a tidy, uh, you know, uh, win. Uh, it's just tidy. And it says so much. It's a little word with two syllables, but I'm... Now urging my American announcer friends to insert that word "tidy" into your uh, into your usage. That's it for, for that. I think I think that's a great idea. You know, it's a tidy hit down the third baseline. I think that's a, exactly definitely definitely be part of the new baseball lingo. I, I think it's great. I okay. think absolutely, it's a tidy run by the by the running back. Yeah, it's there. a tidy slam dunk. <laughs> <laughs> You got it. You got it. <laughs> All right. So let's do our quiz this week. Um, I, I, you know, we were discussing red cards. Red cards is one of my favorite things to talk about because it's a, such a memorable thing. And I'm going to go now to some of the greatest, dirtiest players of all time and wow. see if uh, you remember who they are. All right. Okay. All so right. I'm going to start with uh, Series A, which is a league in. What what uh, what country? Serie A is the Italian league. Yes. That's correct. Uh, mm -hmm. Now this is not an Italian player. He's from Uruguay, but he holds the record for the league for most red cards in a career with 21, 21 red cards. All right, who is he? Is he Luis Suarez, Diego Forlan, Paolo Montero, 
or Juan Alberto Schiaffino, who is the dirtiest Italian league player of all time? My guess is it's one of the last two, Montero and Schiffron, but I don't know those players that well. So I'm going to go on a little bit of a guess. I'm going to go with Montero. Montero is correct. Woo. 21 or 21 red cards. It's crazy. All right, let's move uh, a little bit uh, uh, in the same uh, the same general area. Then we're going to go to Spain in okay. La Liga. Who yeah. is the all-time record holder for red cards in La Liga with a measly 19, 19 mm. red cards? Is it Diego Costa, Sergio Ramos, Xavi, or Alexis Delgado? Tell you, Alexis, uh, I mean, Costa's got to be up there. I mean, he's had quite a few, even though he spent a lot of time in England. Who was the other? Who was the first two again? Uh, Costa, uh, Sergio Ramos, Xavi, and, and Delgado. Could be Ramos. I know he's had a bunch. I'm going to go, though, with your the final option, Delgado. I'm sorry. That is incorrect. It is Sergio Ramos, Ugh. who is the heckiest of the hacks. Yeah, he's up today. there. Yes. He's definitely up there. All right. So you're one for one. One for, one for two. Here we go. We're now traveling to France. Okay. Which uh, French footballer holds the record in his country for most red cards? Would it be Cyril Rule, Michel Platini, Franck Ribéry, or Paul Pogba? Twenty-four red cards. I think the the, the other three probably are not those types of players, so I'm going to go with Rule as the first yeah, one. Uh, that was kind of too easy. I couldn't think of any good French <laughs> hacky players. French are not known as the hacky players. They're more of the, uh, oh, oh, let's go to have some souffle. So, all right, so we go now to number four, which is what Colombian midfielder is known as the dirtiest player of all time? He got 46 red cards in his career. Wow. Right? Is it James Rodriguez, Carlos Valderrama, Edward Cardona, or Gerardo Bedoya? Wow. Well, certainly not the first two. So it's got to yeah. be Cardona or Bedoya. Hmm. I'm going to go with Bedoya. Very good. Yes, 46 red cards. Oof. So you have passed the test again, and I saved the easiest one for last, which is the Premier League record for most All red right. cards. Is it A, Duncan Ferguson from Everton, B, yeah. Richard Dunn from Man City, C, Patrick Vieira from Arsenal, or D, all of the above? <laughs> all of the above. Yes. Is that your guess? Um, well, it's funny because I, I think I heard something that Dunn, Richard Dunn had a bunch. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they, they've all had a lot. I'm going to go with all the above. Yeah, they are all tied. But they've only each had eight red cards. That seems wow. like a record that can be broken. Yeah, I think so. I think that's got to be – certainly some of those Premier League players could be motivated to do that. So that's good. Because <laughs> none of those guys are playing anymore. No. Oh, you're so right. That that record's up for grabs. That's a little <laughs> note to all my uh, Premier League friends. 
All right, it is time for, uh, let's see, in, oh, it's America time. Let's see what we got here. In this country, we call it soccer partner. So we already talked a little bit about what's going on in your office. Anything else that we should know about? Well, we've, we've, we're definitely uh, struggling with the weather. It's been kind of a yeah. rough week, obviously, that we've had so much rain. So I know uh, Chris in our office and uh, all the people there, we, we had a, a rough weekend. We was going to host that Illinois Festival and unfortunately had to push that, uh, cancel that because of all the snow and the rain yeah. and all kind of the crazy weather. Uh, so they're doing a lot of makeups in terms of different things. So definitely look out for announcements concerning any makeups for teams that are competing in our in our cup tournaments and, and festivals and different things. So so it's been definitely rough. Fortunately, and I'm a big believer of this, I think we just turf everything. At this yeah. point, it's just play on turf, and that's really what's ending up happening. So that's really been the, the safety net for a lot of teams. I think you're going to find most of the games being played on turf from now on. So have we've we, got have that. Have you considered just changing the season? <laughs> I'm serious. Like make it uh, make soccer a uh, a May through November season. I tell you what, it's not a bad idea. I mean, it's. I mean, the thing is that would change everything because you've got all those finals, the cups, the national and regional tournaments fall into that area. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. Figure it out. Put put it some <laughs> other time. <laughs> this is inconveniencing me, <laughs> so yeah. I want to figure out some other way to do it. But then you're going to get yeah. the complaints of of people on vacations. When are we going to go on vacation? Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's you know, it's there's no there's never a good time. Travel January travel. through April. There you go. Yeah. Done. All right, we're going to make a, a massive change in everybody's plans. <laughs> Just change vacations. everything. Just change the <laughs> entire way that you do it from start to finish. That's all I'm asking. It's not asking that much. I agree. Right. I agree. I, and I tell you what, though. I mean, the weather. I mean, I'm watching in England, and I'm talking yeah. to my mom yesterday. She's actually, my mom's coming over next week, um, and she's saying, oh, "It's just beautiful here. It's just so. It's so lovely. We've had." I'm like, I left that country because the weather was garbage, and I'm coming here, and I'm seeing more rain than I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it's uh, ridiculous. Yeah, I don't it's get true. It. <laughs> All I right. Mean, what do you do? It's time for our TV tip. Here we go. Now time for Adam's Weekend Soccer TV Tip. Okay, this is the time of year. There's always exciting games. Uh, what are what are we looking for? Uh, what's the big game that we need to watch this weekend? Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of games coming down to the wire here. And, uh, you know, you've got on set Friday, actually, these games on Friday, starting Friday this week. So you've got uh, a game on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. But I, I think we're going to have to wait till Monday. And I think this is going to be a big great game because this could ultimately have some type of an impact on, on the championship, on the, the premiership title. So my pick is the 2 o'clock kickoff, Monday, 6th of May, Manchester City at home against an informed Leicester side that is playing very well with their new manager, Brendan Rodgers. Seems already to have changed things around. Former uh, Liverpool guy. Former Liverpool guy. So he might want to kind of stick it to them maybe. Yeah. Um, but then again, he might be upset because they, they got so close not too long ago. So that could be a big game. So I think we're going to have to wait till Monday. We'll know what happens on the weekend with all the teams. Manchester City, Leicester, Monday afternoon. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the game. Because if they win that one, um, which I think they're going to, but, you know, that is definitely a, a legitimate game. 
And, yeah. and Manchester City has not been killing people lately. They're hanging on uh, on the edge of the cliff, and anything is possible. Even a draw gives the yeah. title to Liverpool. Yeah, that's right. And then what's really cool, and I will probably chat about it next week, but what's really cool, the final weekend of the season, all the games start at the same time. So it's kind of like the World right. Cup. So that it's Sunday, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 9 a.m. our time. You've got all the games. It's gonna, That's going to be great. That's going to be a really good time to watch all those games. All right. I was going to save that for explain that foreign tradition next week, but now you've blown it. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Well, if you'd like to know more about Adam and Rick, you can follow us on Twitter, FK with Adam and Rick, and also Facebook, Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, or you can check out our day jobs. I'm the publisher of Eckhart's Press, Eckhart'sPress.com, the co-host of the Minutia Men podcast with David Stern, the author of the super successful Every Cub Ever, which is available right now if you go to Eckhart'sPress.com. Adam is the technical director, director of coaching of the Illinois Youth Soccer Association. The executive producer of this podcast is Tony Lasano of Opi Productions. We're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Free Kicks. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Swastika Acres. Eh, eh. Potholes save lives. Uh, just One Bad Century, we feature Phil Mudrock. Uh, Doris Roberts is our celebrity uh, tale that I tell this week. And we replay our last interview with the late Chet Kopic. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. The Tony Lasano Podcast and Opie Production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com. If you missed Losano or Losano and friends, here's what you missed. Hi, Fred Winston here, Chicago radio guy. <laughs> now, Fred, Tony, you were the first voice on Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah, that was my big uh, cinematic moment. It is a beautiful day in Chicago today. Temperatures expected to reach the upper 70s. Right now, 75 at the lakefront, 74 at Midway, 73 at O'Hare, and now, up in the sky, Don Nelson. Yeah, sky pretty view, goddamn right? riveting, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, got, I got John Hughes in the studio, and we're in a commercial break. He says, uh, could you imagine your voice coming out of the theater speakers in the theater? I said, uh, yeah, what does it pay? <laughs> Mercenary. So I go in the studio, and I'm recording stuff, and I'm uh, doing buffo DJ crap. And uh, clever ad libs, and uh, you know, well, blah, blah 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 blah, and they didn't want that. They wanted the uh, right. the straight crap. Right. <laughs> so he invited me to go with him to the premiere. Uh huh. And I said, well, I can't do that yeah. because I get up at three thirty in the morning. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not going to give up my sleep. I don't give right. a crap if it is a movie. <laughs> so he fixed my ass. I got paid, but I got no movie credit. Yeah. Oh really? Uh, no credit? No, no Aww. credit in the movie. Jason Every Dallas. one got a credit 
kick set. Me. Unbelievable. Oh. You're the first voice. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Do you do you get checks in the mail still for like 16 cents for that? Or no, no. No. Really? It was a one-time flat fee oh. of three hundred thirty-seven dollars and sixty-five cents. Oh man, that, yeah, I'm swimming that, in it. Nice. <laughs> Radio Misfits. Get more Lozano and friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever it's called. That's nice. I bet that's pretty goddamn compelling, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry.